Well, writer Susie Poynton is determined to capture the many stories of her adopted home, Northland's rugged and mysterious Hokianga. Since moving there 18 years ago, she's talked to locals, recording their memories on tape and in writing. The first two books in her Hokianga series were fictionalised short stories based on actual people and events. Number three, however, fairy stories of the Hokianga, is more of a hybrid, with locals contributing their own tales which sit alongside Susie's stories. I walk a fine line with these stories, really, because uh, up here it's different from living in the city, you know, because whenever you meet anybody, you sort of really have to allow about half an hour, you know, even in the supermarket, because everybody wants to tell you a story about something that's going on. So I gather stuff all the time. So the stuff I'm gathering is, is real, but what I tend to do is I just write stuff down, and when I get home and then I... I sort of build a story around it. So it's not entirely factual, but they're often based on real events that have happened up here. And the locals really enjoy trying to identify the characters who's actually behind these stories. Sort of it's to entertain the locals first, yeah. Well, for people who haven't been on the on the ferry, can you describe the ferry, but also and what this collection tells us, the significance of this ferry to the locals? Some people will set their clocks by it. It um, is an absolutely essential service here. And it's only a short trip. As I say in the book, it's only 15 minutes across the harbour. But if you don't catch the ferry, you have to drive. To get to the north side, you have to drive for about an hour and a half right round the end of the harbour till you can get over the other side, unless you have your own boat, of course. So it's really important. And it's not just for carrying people backwards and forwards. It also operates in conjunction with the Coast Guard and the St. John's and the hospital so that people live remotely around the harbour. And if, if something happens, the ferry is called out at very short notice to rescue people from the water, to pick up people who may have had an accident or have a health emergency and bring them across to the hospital. So really, yes, it is a very important service. I'd have to say Pauline Evans' story, Dirty Weather, exemplifies what you've just been talking about. Um, She she says, you know, if you lived on the north side of Hokianga in the 1980s and you're planning to have a baby, it was best to be prepared. And her story, I mean, it's very short. It's one of the shorter ones, but very graphic about about how essential the ferry is. I I didn't know anything about ferries when I started this book. I mean, it started with a joke. It started with this idea of fairy stories of the Hokianga, you know, like like fairy stories because so many things happen on the ferry and around it. And um, the original concept was basically to try and write about the ferry from the points of view of all different types of people that use it, from the crew to the locals and tourists and all the different kind of factions and how they come together on that trip. But as I sort of started, I sort of plotted out the ideas of where I was going to go with it, like, the characters. But then when I started talking to people, I realized that their real life stories were much more interesting than anything that I could cobble together. You know, so I I actually asked people for their stories. And Pauline Evans, Pauline and Phil run a fabulous eco-lodge across on the north side called the Treehouse. 
but they have lived here for many, many years and are great contributors to the community in many ways. So, I mean, they've supplied three stories just off the top of their heads. And they're great yarns too. Um, and I love that the names you've got, um, three of the ferry skippers. I mean, this is ferry service is something like 200 years, but Bob Bigfoot Edwards, Alan Hoppy Marriott and Hugh Hood <laughs> Williams, you kind of got to have those names in inverted commas in the middle. But yes, all three of them are very wonderful. different, right? They are wonderful, but all three of them, I mean, characters in their own individual way, right? Yes, and I, I was just so lucky the the Hokianga Historical Society, which has a a small museum out in Omapiri near the heads of the harbour, um, the wonderful researchers there, um, Claire Kahu White and and Heather Martin, um, they're descendants of of famous people in the Hokianga, and they gave me access to an amazing archive, which was called a scrapbook. Uh, supplied by Hoppy Marriott, Alan Hoppy Marriott and his wife Eunice after he passed away. And it was an absolute treasure trove of everything, of little articles and people's memories and photographs and copies of old tickets and posters and brilliant stuff. And it included Bob Edwards' memory of being the first well, he was sort of the second, really, but they don't talk about the first one. Skipper on the Kohura, the first really proper big car ferry. And uh, I, I just thought it was amazing. So he became a contributor post-mortem. Given that this is a, a story I particularly enjoyed, Susie, I'm a bit nervous asking you about Mummy's Boy and uh, a young <laughs> rider who is learning the ropes and getting a very hard time uh, just trying to uh, negotiate his way in terms of um, advice to those who bring their cars on the ferry. Is he a real person and does his mum wear SpongeBob SquarePants pyjamas? <laughs> Gosh, both the mum and the boy are based on people that I I know. Um, but I've changed a lot of uh, facts in that story. But I guess I wanted to start with that because I wanted people to understand how the ferry worked. So that's sort of how I was taught about it, was by being taken on by the skipper at pre-dawn, and he explained everything to me, how the whole thing operates. And I thought, oh, well, that's a great way of bringing people into it, isn't it, to have a young chap who comes on and and it's his first day on the job so he has to learn how the ferry operates but I guess I was really trying to talk about the potential of young people in this area who get a pretty bad rap and how it's the old Kez story it's the old uh, Kenneth Loach story of how if you give a kid something that they form a passion for or builds their confidence then they can go all the way. So that that was really the point of that story was to talk about the young people and and their potential. So yeah. Well, talking about getting a bad rap, I mean the area also can be stereotyped as well to the frustration of the locals. And um, Leah Craddock's story, I think, is a good example of that. And she was saying how they were really disappointed when the um, Heartland TV film crew came up and they spoke to a local and all they did is complain about the dope and weren't talking about yes. the positive aspects. And, I mean, just Leah's pride. I mean, she wrote a fantastically funny 
um, grim oh, fairy tale. Yeah, but you know what I mean. She could have reacted in different ways, and I think she was sitting down to write a letter of complaint, and she turned it into a funny poem. But her pride in the area, and the locals' pride in the area, that comes through very much in the collection too. I just love it here because you've got this incredible kind of microcosm of New Zealand, sort of all crushed together in this in this quite um, well incredibly dramatic geography. And you've got all the factions coming together and because of the remoteness of it and there's sort of a shared uh, experience of it's actually a, a not an easy place to live in terms of things like wealth and work and things like that. So people tend to be thrown together in ways that they might not somewhere else. And you get you get that kind of hybrid of of Māori who've been here for forever and then you get the next wave which was the sort of settler families, the farming families that are that are all now dealing with the the impact of trying to farm in a difficult terrain like this. And then you get the waves of hippies that came in the early seventies and and have have now really integrated into the community and have taken on, you know, major community roles and Whose you know whose grandchildren and uh, are here and I mean so it is it's fascinating and now you've got the urban refugees coming a whole new wave of people coming up primarily I guess from Auckland who are selling up houses in Auckland and realising that they can buy something up here and have enough money to live on for the rest of their lives. Got quite a few poets in the region and and another one and they've got a wicked turn of phrase Eva Walker's one totally laugh out loud, another fairy tale, F-E-R-R-Y. Um, but this is a true story of, of a fairy yes, it is. departing um, <laughs> accidentally. Oh, yes, it is. And it, and it was, I was worried about putting it in because I thought it might get people into trouble. But it was actually a very honest mistake. A fairly new skipper who left the ferry during its 15-minute turnover to go to the dairy to get a bottle of milk for a cup of tea and left the deckhand who was also very new to the job loading people. It was actually a tangi, I believe, over on the north side and there were the, so there was they were loading the ferry and the skipper came out of the shop and saw it floating away onto the harbour, sort of with the ramp down and people left on the shore. The deckhand rushed up to the wheelhouse to try and and stop it, but had no idea how it operated. So he he must have um, started one of the engines, and it started turning round rapidly in circles, and everybody was watching. But luckily, this was the son of of Hugh Williams, the the fabulous um, original owner, was there with his fishing boat, and so the skipper jumped on, and they they tore off after the ferry, and. Because the ramp was down, they rammed the fishing boat up the ramp. <laughs> the skipper leapt out, rushed up and brought it back. But as it says in, in Eva's poem, they started loading it again and people went, no, no, I'm not getting on that. <laughs> I thought it was very funny. Fairy stories of the Hokianga, Ngā Kōrero o Hokianga Mai e Te Waka by Susie Poynton is a Hokianga publishing title.